right, y'all good. I hate preaching after all this. I'll be honest with you. Like, oh, that was the best part of the church. Hey, uh, Jess Ray, where did she go? Yeah. Well, the first time I ever heard Jess Ray back there, Jacob was doing, I thought, wow, i got to go meet this. Is this person an angel or a human being? Because it just sounds so angelic. So I went back there to meet her, and uh, she had a hat on. Remember that? She had this hat, so I couldn't look in her eyes and check it. Check it out and see if she was, if she was really a person. You know, I was thinking it might be an angel in disguise, but you got such a beautiful angelic voice. So, yeah. you know, I bet your husband could probably confirm that you're human. <laughs> yeah, amen. Well, thank you for coming, and you know, I want to get one of your T-shirts. I like that design a whole bunch. It's really nice. So. Amen. The Lord's good in spite of uh, electricity problems, right? It's, it's the Duke Energy in. It's not our fault this time. <laughs> yeah, like that's going to solve some problem, right? <laughs> At least they can fix it and pay for it themselves instead of us having to pay for it. Yeah, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, if you weren't here last week, go online and listen to uh, Corey's message. It was a great message. Uh, I think it was a word for him. For anybody, really, uh, just some really great stuff he shared. So, Corey's a really great speaker. Amen? Amen. All righty. I'm going to read this story out of the Bible. Uh, John 9, 1 through 7. This is one of these amazing stories that I just love. Uh, and now, as Jesus passed by, uh, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Isn't that, that's, and that's amazing. When he had said these things, he spit on the ground and made clay with saliva and anointed the eyes of the blind man with, with the clay. And he said to him, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Isn't that beautiful? How many uh, people who've tried this on a blind person? Raise your hand. Tell the truth. Come on. I knew you would. We've done that. <laughs> we'll try anything, right? Get some clay, let's try. If God healed them, that would be awesome. If he didn't, well, at least we tried, right? How many people will pray for a dead person to be raised from the dead? Yeah, you got to, man. You got to do that. How's God going to raise them from the dead otherwise? He wants to do that. So I wanted to tell you this little story about this, okay? Now, in ancient Jerusalem, this is uh, David's original, you know, when Jerusalem was built, they built a wall around it. Okay, and that was destroyed later. But in, in ancient Jerusalem, there was a wall around Jerusalem, and they, there were ten gates originally, and they had the gates all had different names on them. Uh, they uh, like one of them was called the Fish Gate, one of them was called the Sheep Gate. Uh, actually, one of them was called the Dung Gate. Guess what that one was used for? <laughs> you don't have to guess. Uh, and 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 on and on. And there was one particular one called the Watergate, not Watergate like with Richard Nixon. I knew you were going to think that unless you were young, but my generation knows all about Watergate, unfortunately. 
but there was a gate called the water gate and and it was where people would go every day uh, and get water that's what they would do go out through this gate and get the water and bring it bring it back in well this pool of Siloam was actually built uh, by Hezekiah and it was fed by a river called Gihon which is one of the rivers uh, in Genesis 2 there's four rivers the Tigris, Euphrates uh, one of them that starts with a P I can't remember and the Gihon I guess that's what, how you say it it doesn't matter but those were four rivers that fed this uh, and, the, and, and then Hezekiah had built this pool uh, and so I'm just telling you all that because all that's fascinating how the Bible has all this intricate detail in it. You know, there's all these details in, in, the, in the Bible that really mean something, okay? So I'm trying to help you get this picture here that Jesus told this guy to go wash in this, uh, this pool, okay, which originally was the pool at the original water, the gate of water, the water gate where people went and he said if you'll go to that pool and dip yourself into it you'll be healed okay he had already prayed for him but he had this other step for him and so the picture is this the water is the word of God are you hearing what I'm telling you this morning the water is the word of God and when we didn't so what those see those gates were prophetic they had a prophetic meaning and so every day people would go out there and get water, okay, in the natural. And that speaks prophetically that every day believers have to get this water from heaven into them, the Word of God. Amen? And so that's what Jesus was doing. He was giving us a, a, a something. He was trying to tell us something besides Him just laying hands on a man and miraculously healing him a blindness which had never happened before, he was actually saying there's something more to this than just this miraculous healing, that God really wants to open people's natural eyes. I do believe that with all my heart. And if you're a blind person, you would want it. And, or even if you're a person who have difficulty seeing. A lot of people do, right? That's why we have glasses. And we would love the Lord to heal our eyes. I, my left eye doesn't really work at all. That's why when I was starting to have all this problem with my right eye this week, and that was a... That was kind of a concern of mine because my left eye doesn't focus. So it doesn't help my right eye. In other words, I can see out, it, but it's a, it's a blur because it really doesn't work. And I went to the eye doctor one time, and he said, there's a nerve in your eye that's missing. And so there's nothing we can do to help you. Because uh, I was going to get that surgery, you know, they do. And he said, no, you can't do that surgery because if you lose your right eye, you won't be able to see nothing. Like, oh. I'm not doing it. I'm not telling you that to get you to feel sorry for me. I'm just saying every time somebody has a word of knowledge about eyes, I'm like, yes. <laughs> I need a healing, Lord. I've gotten prayed for by the best anointed people that have anointing for healings. There is. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm believing the Lord one day is going to give me a miracle in my eye. Amen. And so, so this has some meaning to me on a personal level. In the natural, but it also has spiritual meaning, okay? Uh, because I believe God really wants to emphasize the word of the Lord. Yeah. And there's an anointing on the word of God that he is going to release into the earth. Yeah. And I believe God's already releasing that anointing on his word. And he's looking to call his people to do what they did in the ancient time is, is daily. Go and get that water. 
daily. Because they, you know, you, you can't live without water. You need it to, to stay alive and you need it to cook. You need it to bathe in. And that's all what the Word of God can do for us. It, it, keeps, it can keep us alive. It can, we can bathe in it. We can be cleansed in it. We can, you know, we can do, we can eat from it. Amen. And so I, I really feel like there's this anointing coming for the Word of the Lord. That's going to be really powerful. I feel like it's already being released now. I feel like there's this anointing that's being released. I wanted to read Amos 8, verse 11. It says, the days are, this is a famous scripture, right? Y'all probably know this. It says, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Of, no, he didn't say he was going to send a famine that, uh, of the word of the Lord. He was going to send a famine on people's ability to hear the word of the Lord. I mean, that's God saying this. And so I, I really believe we're in that famine. As I'm talking about in our world, in our nation, because we're living in a time where truth has become hate speech. Okay? Literally, truth is hate speech now. If you, t- if you speak truth, you're speaking hateful things. You're, you're causing division. You're, you're speaking hurtful things. And so God, and, and the re- why is it, has it become that? It's because there's a famine that's happened. And people can no longer hear the word of the Lord. Are y'all following me? And so don't get serious on me. I was telling Becky on the way to church, that I, I don't have much time this morning. I was telling Becky on the way to church this morning that I like to have joy in church. I don't really want to come to church to be solemn. I, I sort of like having fun in church. That's sort of my natural disposition. The world's full of sorrow. Church needs to be full of happiness and full of the joy of the Lord. And I really believe that God's going to restore the joy of the Lord to the church because the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's what the scriptures say. And so we're going to see the joy of the Lord come like we've never have. But I think, uh, you know... I think one of the reasons that people have, you know, truth has become hate speech is because the anointing on the truth is, is not there. I believe we, we've lost the anointing. And so when we speak it, we're speaking out of dryness, you know. And so it's not coming across as the word of the Lord to people. It's coming across as hateful and mean. You know, you can take a truth and, and beat people and hurt people with it. And I don't think people, a lot of people are not doing that on purpose. And I'm talking about us this morning, okay? I ain't talking about the people out in the world that feel that Christians are mean and ugly. I'm talking about us. What do we need to do? We need to get this anointing from the Lord when we speak. It's like God speaking, okay? When we speak, it's like God speaking. And, this, and, it, and when God speaks, things happen. Amen? So I wanted to tell you, uh, I wanted to read this, Isaiah 53, verse 1. Are y'all tracking with me? Or are y'all just like, uh, it's hot in here. <laughs> Give me a fan. <laughs> okay, this is amazing. You know, we all know Isaiah chapter 53 is one of the most amazing chapters in the Bible, right? By his stripes we are healed, it says. Uh, it's, that's a beautiful chapter. I read where an organization called Jews for Jesus uh, was in Tel Aviv recently, and they interviewed 100 Israelis on the streets of, of, of Tel Aviv and asked them about Isaiah 53. 
Okay, do, is Isaiah 53 meaningful to you on any level? And the vast majority, many of them had no clue what Isaiah 53 was. Like, what's that? Okay, some of them actually said, wow, that, that kind of describes this person, Jesus. And then they'd realize what they said. Like, oh, that's serious. <laughs> if we're saying, because these are people who don't believe in Jesus. They're Jew, you know. Uh, and some of them gave what the, the rabbis have taught. It means the Jewish people. You know, that's one of their big interpretations. Uh, I just wanted to throw that in because I think Isaiah 53 is fascinating. But I, I think verse 1 is a vital verse for our generation. And this is what it says. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Who, two questions that Isaiah was asking the Lord. He was asking, well, who has believed our report and who has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Very powerful, powerful question. I love that he said our report. He didn't say who has believed my report. He didn't say who has believed your report, Lord. He said who has believed our report. That's a very important word, that little word, word our there, okay? Our report. Let me, let me explain that to you, okay? Back, uh, man, we're talking almost 40 years ago. 40 years ago now. I'm getting bad. I graduated from UNCC 40 years ago. It's crazy, isn't it? That was really bad, though. When that happened this week, I got really upset. I, I took it personal on a natural level. Like, wait a minute, what are they doing? And I've spent a lot of time in the Kennedy Building, as you have. You teach in that building. <laughs> so, mercy, Lord. I'm just glad you were safe. Anyways, um, when I, as a young believer, uh, you know, I was kind of, first couple years of my Christian life, I wasn't a very good Christian person. <laughs> I wasn't very good at anything <laughs> at that point. I was, I was still struggling. You know, it was like God took me out of Egypt, out of the world, but the world was still in me. You know what I'm saying? And I was still dealing with worldliness and carnality in my heart and temptation and Thankfully, I married a woman who wasn't dealing with that and kind of helped me walk through that. Sometimes you need somebody to walk you through your moments, your bad moments. But there did come a time in my life where the Lord uh, spoke to me and, and really clearly revealed to me that he, he had a call on my life. And that was just a, an amazing, beautiful thing to me that God would literally call me because I didn't feel worthy to be called. I felt like a nobody. I felt like I could, I could never do anything, you know, of any significance in terms of God and His kingdom. I felt like a reject because of, of all the things that were going on inside of me and the, my feelings about, about everything. And, um, but I knew the Lord had called me. So for some reason on His part, and it was all on His part because it was, had nothing to do with me, I said yes to Him. I I agreed with God that he had called me. He had actually called me to be a communicator, of it, to be a pastor and to communicate his word, which was just dumbfounding to me at the time. How could I ever do that was my thinking. And so one of the things I decided I needed to do at that point in my time was like, well, if, I, if I'm going to be a preacher or a Bible teacher or something along those lines or even just a past, do pastoral counseling, I really need to find out what's in the Bible for myself. 
not what everybody else is saying. I need to find out, discover what's in there for me. And so I really set about my life and made it a, a journey for, of my life to be devoted, to be like those people that every day of my life I'm going to get water. Are you hearing me? I'm going to get some water. And some days I'm just going to get some because I feel so defiled in my heart. And I just need the wor- Word of God to wash my heart. Some days I need to get it to hide it in my heart like David said. I've hid your word in my heart so I won't sin. I've got to get something in me to help me not give in to temptation. Some days I would just go because it was just the right thing to do. I didn't have any feelings. I didn't have any thoughts. But I just knew that God's word was important to me. Because I was going to be a pastor one day. But what I really discovered, that was not the reason it was important to me. It was was. Important to me because I was a human being. And I needed his word. I needed to, to drink his word. And so um, I was, you know, at the same time I was, okay, how do you preach? You know? That's like a stupid question. I'm still asking that question. How do you do this? And so I started reading these books about preaching. Okay? And uh, and I came across this one book. Oh, I'm bothering her because my shoes are untied. She never does stuff like that from me at home. She would just say, "You better tie your shoes, son." <laughs> are y'all? I'm serious. Thank you. Yeah, she's a good wife, but she does not do that at home. It's like, tie your own shoes, pick your own clothes up. I'm not picking them up. In fact, don't you dare leave them laying on the floor. I don't know, man. My mama let me get away with some bad stuff. And then Becky had to retrain me. It's called repentance. You know, you got to be retrained. (laughs) Anyways, I ran across this one book. The name of the book is called The Ministry of the Word of God. It was written, it was by a man named Watchman Nee. Okay, Watch Me had a really huge impact on my early spirit, what I call my early spiritual formation. Several of his books were totally impacting to me. This particular book came from a series of messages that he did in the 1940s. And those messages were transcribed, and, and in the early 70s, probably right around the time he died, he died in 1972 in communist prison, Watchman Me did. Amazing man. I mean, his revelation still today is shocking to me when I read his books. It's just shocking to me that somebody could could go to that depth and have that kind of... But he paid a dear price for it. He died in communist prison. Well, anyways, he, this book was amazing. I mean, I was st- stunned at this book about what, it, what he talked about, the ministry of the Word of God. And so what he, what he said in the book, he said there's basically, th- in the Bible, there's three types of people that God uses to minister His Word. One was the Old Testament prophets. Okay? And what he said, what happened in the Old Testament is, is the Spirit of God would come down on a prophet. And that prophet would hear God some way speak. And, he, and, he, and Watchman says he heard, they heard him very clearly what he was saying. And then they would speak what he said and then the Spirit of God would lift off of them. Okay? And that's really the, what the Bible teaches. Then we come to the New Testament and the Bible gives us this famous quote John 1.14, it says, The Word, the Word of God became flesh and lived amongst us. 
In other words, the Word of God suddenly took on this personality. Okay? In other words, God just wasn't releasing a revelation through a person. The revelation of God Himself came to the earth and began to walk on the earth clothed in flesh. Isn't that powerful? And so, you know, and so what we find, I just want to say this is a sideline because this is vital. What we find in Jesus is what God is really like. Jesus is the exact representation of God. It's not this person of the Old Testament because here's the truth. The person of the Old Testament, the God of the Old Testament was stuck in heaven. Okay, that's where he was at. He wasn't living on the earth. So he decided because everybody misinterpreted him and everybody saw him in a distance through shadows and types that he would come to the earth and reveal what he was really like. The difference is, and this is an amazing thing, the difference is of Jacob's ladder in the Old Testament, God was standing up there on the top of that ladder looking down at Jacob in in Genesis 28. I think it's Genesis 28. Y'all follow me? New Testament. The Lamb of God comes walking and declares, I'm Jacob's ladder. God came down to the earth. And God wanted people to know what he's like. Instead of, why did God do this? Well, let me come and show you what I'm really like. Are y'all following me? This is, anyways, that's the sort of the sideline. I love that sideline, though, because it's like getting to know God through Jesus Christ. Why did God do all this? I don't know why it was like that, but I do know what it's like now. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's what he said. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So if I want to know about God, I go look at Jesus. Not the Old Testament. The Old Testament's helpful. It's for teaching and training, but really Jesus is that. I think that's really a key revelation. Anyways, that's besides the point here. Maybe not, right? The third people was the apostles. Third people that God used was the apostles and all the people who followed the apostles. Everybody else in all history from here on out are the people that God uses to minister his word. So, this is amazing this is like just ripped my heart when I read it. When he brought out the point, is God, when we, when Jesus came, the Word became flesh. Flesh clothed the Word. But us, we, don't, we start out in the flesh. Right? We're not the Word. The Word is, comes on, upon us. That's the difference between us and Jesus. God has to do something in us. He has to begin to work in our hearts so that his word can come through us. Right? He works on a man. He refines a man. He disciplines a man or or woman. And he works in them and works in them and works in them. He brings them to a place of brokenness. So his word can come through that broken man or woman. And so a person who's going to really represent God, you're going to go through hell at some point in your life. You're going to hurt at some point in your life. You're going to be disappointed at some point in your life. It must be though, because you have to come to the place where you are surrendered. And not a lot of Christians are surrendered. A lot of Christians forsake God because they become angry because they misunderstand Him. And they push Him away. 
Uh, you mention it in your song. You can beat your chest, right? You're saying that. Yeah, she was singing this. I thought that was pretty cool. But God will still come after us. And so, but here's the cool thing. Watchman brought out in this book, there's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You can read some of the exact stories told by Matthew that look Luke sees something different. Are y'all getting that? In other words, what he was bringing out is God doesn't do away with us. Are you hearing me? He doesn't, he's not eliminating you. He's not pushing you away just so the word can come through. That's why the word became flesh originally because God wanted to know the word and the flesh join. In other words, what Washman was saying is God can, the gospels all have the personality. They have the personality of Matthew. They have the personality of Mark. They have the personality of Luke. They have the personality of John. And their personality comes through. When you begin to read it, you'll get their personality. You'll get that Luke has a big a big heart for poor people. I mean, like in the uh, Sermon on the Mount, you know what Matthew says, blessed are the poor in spirit. You know what Luke says? Blessed are the poor people. There's a big difference because what Luke saw was the poor and the hurting. Matthew saw the broken spiritually people. And both of them were the word of God. Because God chose to use human beings. And that's why Isaiah was saying, who's believed our report? It wasn't just you, God. It was you and me. And I'm asking you, God, why is nobody believing our report? That was his question. Nobody's believing us. Why? It's us, God. And see, that's the way God wants it. He wants us to have that same question. You and me, it's our message. Why does nobody believe in our message, Lord? It's not just me, God. It's your message and me together. Are y'all getting that? God's looking for people who can ask God that question. I mean sincerely. That it's our report. It's not just God's report. It's ours and God's. You know, Paul, the apostle, said in 2 Timothy, he used this little phrase, my gospel, my gospel, the preaching of my gospel. Not the preaching of Peter's gospel or John's gospel, but the preaching of mine because it became his. That word got into him. And he could say it's mine. And when he spoke it, he was speaking something that belonged to him. That's what God wants to do. That's, that's what God wants to do with people. He wants us that where we own this word. Where we own it. It's ours. It's my word. Why is it my word? Because God put it in me. And God said, listen, when I put it in you, it's no longer just mine. It's ours. And I want you to see it like that. And I want, so when you speak, you're not just saying, I'm speaking something I'm disconnected from and God's just using me blankly. No, it's coming through you. It's coming through your personality. It's coming through things that you love and care about, your desires, your concerns. It's all going to come through that. It's going to come what you feel, what you see, because I created you like that. And I created you to be able to communicate through that. Yeah. 
That's really the truth. And God's looking to bring an anointing on people to do that. Because we can't do this. Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's what? He has anointed me to preach the gospel. He's anointing me. We've got to have that anointing. But we've got to have that thing. I wanted to read this one other scripture. It's 1201. Thank you, Jesus. I'm a Russian. I'm Russian. Who has believed our report? Listen to this. And to whom has the armor of the Lord been revealed? See, that was the second part of the question. First part was about the report, the word of the Lord. Second part, who has the armor of the Lord been revealed? Okay, what does arms represent in the Bible? They represent what every eight-year-old boy would tell you. They represent muscle. They represent power. Right? That's what, when the Bible talks about the armor, they're talking about the power of God. That's what, what Isaiah was saying. Who's believer I part? And who has the arm, the power of God been revealed to? He wanted to know. Listen to this story. Woo, Lord help me. It's hot. Where's the air conditioning when you need it? Y'all hot? Y'all girls, y'all should be all comfortable and happy. Like, yeah, that's the way we want it every week. I need a fan, man. Right, I'm going to finish, but I wanted to tell you this story out of the New Testament. I got time, that's right. Tell you the story out of the New Testament. One day these Sadducees came to Jesus. You know what Sadducees are? Their names explain it well. Sad, you, see. They were just sad people. And they said, hey, you know, there was a guy who had a wife and she died. And according to the Hebrew law, the brother has to take the wife, raise up the kids, you know, that was how that things worked back then, you know, and he said, they said there was this guy who had seven, there was seven brothers, can you imagine that poor woman, she wound up being married to every one of those seven guys, that was the story they were telling, you know, she got passed, every one of them died on her, everyone, the first one died, now the second one, and like, good Lord, can somebody give me some healthy men, <laughs> well, finally the seventh one, seventh one died, and they said, well, Jesus, whose wife is she going to be in heaven? That was their question. Because they believed, they didn't believe in the resurrection. So they were taking the law that, they, that was given, and they were trying to catch Jesus and give him something he couldn't answer. Jesus' answer was beautiful. It says in verse 24, Jesus answered and said to them, Listen, are you not therefore mistaken? Because you do not what, know the scriptures nor the power of God. Isn't that powerful? Are you not therefore mistaken? Mistaken means you've gone off the path. You've gotten off the path. You've gotten off. Aren't you? You're, you're off the path because there's two things lacking in your life. One is you don't know the scriptures. And the second part is you don't know the power of God. And then he says in verse 24, you're greatly mistaken. Now that's a... That's something that should speak to us, right? That, does it speak to you? You know, God really is looking for people who can know the scriptures and the power of God. That's what he wants. That's what he's hungering for. Now, that doesn't mean you're supposed to be a Bible teacher or a pastor or a priest or any of that, but you can be a person who can communicate the heart of the Lord to whatever situation you find yourself in. 
it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But if you don't know the scriptures or the power of God, you're going to get off. I'm just telling you, you're going to get off in your life. And I think when I look at our nation and I look at all the stuff that goes on, all the hate and all this stuff, I feel like this. I don't look at the world as being, oh, those bad people. I look at the church and say this. We owe the world this. We owe the world this anointing, okay, that, that we can have. We owe the world the power of God. We owe the world a revelation of His scriptures, a revelation of the person. That's what we owe them. We don't owe them arguments. We don't owe them debate. We owe them something way more than that. And when church gets, begins to get this anointing on them, okay, we can begin to shift things towards the Lord. And we can shift our nation towards the Lord. I believe the nation can be shifted by people who are willing to go and dip themselves into the Word of God and dip themselves in the power of God and the anointing of God. Are y'all following this? Okay. All righty. Amen. So, I'm going to finish. But before I finish, I wanted to ask anybody in this room about this anointing, if you really want this anointing. The Spirit, Jesus said this. This is Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me and sent me to preach the gospel, to heal. That's what he said. So he had the Spirit of the Lord on him. He had the anointing and he had this sending thing from God. Okay? He had all those things working on him. That's what we need. We need an anointing. We need the Spirit of the Lord to come and just rest on us. We need the Lord to say, that person needs to hear something. You need to be friends with that person. Or whatever he says. Or you need to start preaching. Or you need to become a pastor. Or you need to be an evangelist. Or you've got a missions call on your life. you got fire in your heart. What's wrong with you? Get up here and get that fire loose. There's people in this room that are sitting on fire. I can look at them and see they, they got fire in them. It's all in there. But they ain't letting that fire out. They're not letting it out. But boy, when they start letting it out, it's going to cause some good stuff. Amen. Anybody want to get a, a fresh anointing? Yeah, come on. All right, let me tell you something really ridiculous. Okay? I mean, really ridiculous. Y'all know something ridiculous? I don't know about you, but I'm kind of a person that wants to believe things, not disbelieve things. That's sort of how I am. It's like I'm going to believe it until I'm proven wrong. You know, but you know why I do that is because I have a life in the Word of God. So I, I feel amazed about that. I want to anoint people to get a love for the Scriptures. Okay? That's what I want, that we would start loving it. and Not, not like, oh, I've got to do this. Or, oh, this is boring. I was talking to someone recently, and I said, how about your life? He was got all these issues, and I said, what about your life in the Word? Well, I... I don't really read the Bible much anymore. I said, why? He said, because nothing happens. I said, well, how do you know nothing happens? Well, I'm not seeing nothing. I said, you don't know that. You see, God is at work inwardly in us. Okay? And we have to, when we open the Word of God, we got to trust that it's going to work inwardly in us. Okay? And there's going to come a time when it will manifest outwardly. But you've got to trust it 
in the day of I don't feel nothing, I don't love nothing, I'm bored with it, I don't remember what I just read. Right? That's humanity. Oh, I just read a chapter in the Bible. What did I read? <laughs> you know? But if you have a love for it, which I feel like was a gift given to me, I don't feel like it's something I produced of myself. I feel like God gave me a love for the Word. And so for me, my day is not a complete day without the Word of God. I'm serious. I'm not, this is not, but I'm saying that's something God gave me, bestowed upon me. So I've been in situations where I didn't have a Bible before, and it was iPhones, you know. You can carry. I got multiple translations of Bibles, multiple. All y'all people who used to, that, that didn't live back in the day when they were real books. <laughs> So I memorized certain scriptures because I knew there'd be times when I wouldn't have access. So I memorized some verses, some psalms, and just quote them, go through them in my mind and read them in my mind. Because I just had a desire for the Word of God. I wanted to dip myself in it. And I want us to dip ourselves in it. And I want us to dip ourselves and ask the Lord to give us an anointing. Okay? I mean a real anointing. I'm not talking about some f- sorry, you know, halfway. I'm talking about an anointing that really cuts through stuff. And I want us to ask God for the power of God. Hang on one second, and I'll let you say something. So I got this oil here. <laughs> this is funny. Would you like to be anointed with this oil? Yeah, yeah carefully. Be careful about what you're asking for. This is a very dangerous oil. And this is why it is. In 2017, these people had this Bible. The oil started coming out of it. Mm. Been doing it for two years. So a friend of mine gave me some. I said, I want some of that oil. And that's a sign and a wonder. I don't care if people believe that or not. So maybe, you know, I don't know. I'm not trying to explain it. I'm just saying it came. Yeah, that's it. Give it a shot. See what God would do. And Louise had a vial of that at the men's retreat. And this is no kidding, y'all. This is no kidding. He prayed for a bunch of people, and it was, what, about halfway gone, and the next morning it was back full again. I'm serious. I saw it in my own eyes. I didn't say nothing. I just thought, Lord, help. (laughs) And then people said, that don't happen all the time, but it does happen occasionally. So that's pretty good, endless supply of oil. I think it was prophetic. And I don't know if this means nothing, but I'll tell you something. The morning from heaven means something. This is just a symbol, really. This is something God's trying to say, I think, about that thing. I think God is saying the word of the Lord is important. And there's an anointing coming on the word of God, and it's in us. That anointing is going to get released in his people. Now, I had you sit there so long, I got nervous about it. So, I've been hanging out with Tony Baker. And if you all know Tony, the word, he's just a word guy. And he's crazy about the word. He feasts on the word. He drips the word. And uh, so I went to Africa with him a couple times. And, uh, and I'm watching this guy. And, and he's, it's like he, he would, I'm always the first guy up. No, Tony's the first guy up. And he's in the word. And he's flipping out every single day over what he's getting in the word. <laughs> I was intimidated and jealous. I wanted that. And so here on this last trip, and, I, and I've been in a season, I just really say amen 
to what you're preaching because I've been in a season where if I was in the Word on any given day, it was out of duty. And it was just like I was getting nothing. And I've gone through seasons where, I mean, it would just be, you know, like hotcakes. And then, but here it was. It was just a few years of just dust. So I went to Tony at the father's house over in Ghana, and I, and I got underneath him. And I, and I had him start teaching me and showing me and, and, and walking me into it. And something happened. Something happened. And so I, I have been hung up. Romans 12, 1 through 2 has had a hold of me. And it's got me. I'm color. I'm, I am not a technology guy. I'm color coding scriptures. And I've got all this stuff, my iPad notes. And it's got me chasing stuff all through the Bible. And I'm after two things, stuff that's about the transformation that comes by the renewing of my mind, issues of the heart, all that kind of stuff, and how it, it segues right into knowing the will of God in my life. And that's, that's what I'm chasing all around. So I think, personally, that your word is right on target. And this guy right here is a hot hand. That is true about Tony. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Jeff. So I got these two vials. Y'all got y'all's? Becky, come here. If you want this anointing, Becky will put it on your forehead. I'm sweating, man. I'm not going to do it because of this. Because if I start doing it, I'll start wanting to give prophecies, and I'm not prophesying. Yeah, how about we do this? How about we, f okay, you're already there. <laughs> I was just trying to help the situation a little bit. But if you can actually, if you guys are in the middle, if you can go just far through the sides and come up the middle, like go back to your seats up the middle, it'll be better. So if you can just fall to the sides on either side. So what? Right. And Luis has got another oil, so we can have another line here. So just calm down. got clockwise. <laughs> so Louise has got some oil too. So yeah, from the side and then come up. There we go. And then just go straight up the aisle. Go straight up the aisle. Now another side aisle. Straight up the middle aisle. Middle aisle. Middle aisle. Go for it, go for it, go for it. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. That's it, let faith arise, let faith arise in this room. Be the mountain where I rise. 
Yeah. 